since day one with nfts i've always hated the the term nft artist for one or, or nft art in general it's a weird kind of box to, to put people in and so i've always really strived to keep one foot in the metaverse and one foot in just you know physical reality because i don't want to just be in one place where only the metaverse people see me and i don't want to just be in one place where only the other people see me i think right now what we want to do is we want to bring people in and that's kind of like holding hands on either side and be like hey look at this and hey you look at this you know the intersection is a really interesting place welcome to the nft now podcast Every Wednesday, we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors, and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel. I'm Alejandro Navia. And I'm Matt Medved, and we're on a mission to empower the creators of culture. Welcome to the show. Matt, what's happening, man? NFT NYC, Sam. Just, you know, getting by. <laughs> <laughs> we living, we living. Uh, who we got lined up today? Really excited for today's guest. We have Mad Dog Jones, one of the top selling artists in the NFT space. He's sold at major auction houses like Phillips. He has an upcoming Christie's sale for charity and has really em emerged as an important figure in the crypto art movement and an important voice uh, in the Web3 space. What are you excited about? Yeah, no, I think this was awesome episode. I think he's an artist that's really at the forefront of the space. Very unique style. I think we dive deep into the artistic process, some of his creative processes, his approach strategically as he continues to prosper. Also really like diving into some of his awesome collaborations. Uh, most recently, he has this collaboration with uh, Christie's and Maps, uh, part of that auction. Did some really cool stuff with Lewis Hamilton and with the Mercedes F1 team. And I know... Uh, Alejandro and myself, NFT Now, big diehard F1 fans. I think Mad Dog and I definitely sit on the, the right side of the equation. Team Mercedes, uh, Alejandro, Ferrari. We'll see how things pan out there. Yeah, he's, he's at the forefront doing absolutely amazing things. Uh, so it was great to hear him deconstruct a little bit of his approach. Before we jump into this week's episode, though, do want to encourage you to check out our YouTube channel if you haven't already, youtube.com slash NFT Now. We're constantly creating different mini documentaries, artist interviews, showcasing all the amazing thing that's happening in the space. And then lastly, big shout out Spring Studios, recording live in the flesh, New York City. Yeah, we'll be back on Zoom. Hopefully never, but maybe, likely in the future. Um, but we've got a great episode lined up for you today. So without any further ado, Mad Dog Jones. Mad Dog Jones. Let's go. NFT Now podcast. Man, we're happy to have you. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. Thanks for having me, guys. Coming straight off that gala event, making history. Uh, just what you guys are doing is amazing, and I'm just so happy to be part of it. Thank you so much, man. It was so wonderful to have you honored in the NFT 100 and uh, really happy to have you a part of it and really glad to sit down with you now. You know, been following your work for a long time. For those who may not be familiar, maybe just give us a little bit of a background on uh, how you got into NFTs. So how did I get into NFTs? Well, I think it's more just like, how did I get into to art in general? Like, so I come from a, a family of artists. Uh, my mom, uh, like writes amazing poetry and my father is like a photographer, painter. And, um, growing up, it was like stained glass windows was kind of like the family business. So doing like church windows and stuff like that. So I've kind of always been in this like really art heavy world. Um, my brother got me into comic books at a really young age. He showed me Akira when I was like, I think like six or seven years old, which I think is like one of the most transformative pieces of art 
in my entire life. And then reading like old, like Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man comics and stuff like that. And then into my teenage years, me and my brother getting into graffiti and going out and just kind of like bombing random stuff. And then really just like pen to the paper and just really starting to like try to find my own style. And it's something that like, I didn't really find my own style till I was like 32, 33 years old. And I just kept kind of making stuff and drawing and almost before finding my own style, I, I tried to learn how to, how to compose. And I think that's like a really important step for artists is like, you know, everybody wants to find their, their niche and their, and their style and their, their spot and like what they can like exploit to make money exploits kind of a weird word, but like, you know, what's your path to like becoming a professional artist and like everybody's so technique heavy. And uh, I know a lot of people just like jumping into the 3D space like, hey, I'm just going to like, I can get all these assets, I can do all this stuff, I can make all these things. But it's what is the composition? And I think graffiti is a really fun place to start on that kind of stuff because when you're, when you're, when you're writing, it's all about balance. It's all about style. And it's so often about simplicity. And we all know like some of the best tags are just like three or four big block letters and like, some people make them look really good and some people make them look like total garbage. So finding that compositional balance as an artist, I think is really the first step. Color, shape, form, colors have different weight, shapes have different weight, different textures have different weight and finding a way to balance all those, then learning technique and then trying to like find your specific niche and your style. So in my thirties, I kind of like, just decided to start a new Instagram page with an old, it's like a gamer tag, but like I, it was something I was using before, like the term gamer tags was even a thing. This is more like Nintendo 64 days. Um, I know those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> GoldenEye, Tetris, Mario Kart kind of stuff. And whenever I was playing old games like that, I would always try to fit Mad Dog Jones as my name. Sometimes you couldn't get like the S or the E in. And um, so I think I've had the name in my brain since I was like 11 years old. And then around like 2017, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start like an art only Instagram and see what I can do. So I just started like learning a style, kind of developing some techniques for making art and just kind of kept plugging away at that until I kind of like locked in a style. And then I just started hammering it hard on Instagram. And um, it's kind of like a bit of a dark time in my life because this, see, this is where it's like hard to give advice to people because, you know, you don't want to say like, oh, you got to go so hard on social media because it's really not healthy. But that is kind of what I did is I really pushed the socials and like cranked out the work and then kind of got a following from there and then really focused on keeping my brand tight and, you know, doing stuff I only really wanted to do. And then come 2020 when NFTs kind of came into, into my world, um, I was in a great position to to make art for that form. That's absolutely amazing, man. It's been amazing just to see your style. I think it's super cool. And I'm curious too, because like, I mean, you're really at the forefront. You've had some incredible drops, Christie's. Um, what do you kind of, what, what have been some of the things that you've been really intentional about beyond just perfecting the art that have enabled you to kind of get to this level within the NFT community? Yeah, well, so like when you're making your own art, I think the intention just comes naturally when you're making art for yourself. 
It's like when I'm just designing something that I want to do, it's just, it, it feels like a real natural flow. It's just about being honest with yourself. Like, what do I want to see? What do I want to create? What do I think looks cool? What's that like fun idea or compelling idea that I have floating around in my brain that I try to get onto um, the screen? So on my own, I think it's just really kind of just being honest with yourself. Um, where it gets hard from a like kind of um, intentional perspective, and I think a lot of it I consider kind of like um, keeping my brand. I don't love the word brand, but it it really suits the point I'm making. Is is when you get into collaborations, that's where like it can get really dicey for for messing with your brand. You know, there's a lot of offers from from people that are like, "Hey, do you want to work with us?" And then I'm looking at it, I'm going like, "It's just not the right fit." You know what I mean? Like, and like you're cool. But is this exactly what, what I want to do? Like I've had some kind of like big name pop stars reach out to me and I, I love their music, but it's just like, is this, am I just doing this to like have access to this celebrity or am I doing this because this is actually great for my brand? So I think one of the big things that you need to do is really be intentional with, with who you work with and who you collaborate with, because that can really be these career defining moments. Like I, I always find it kind of odd. Like when you go to these bio pages, they're like mad dog Jones. Like the first line is worked with this, 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 and this person. And it's not like did these solo things, this, this, and this, and this, because I think those things define me a lot more than my collaborations, but that's just kind of how the world works. So being really intentional about who you work with. And the other thing is, is like having that choice is comes from a lot of privilege and a lot of like, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to have those options. So also like, you know, don't be afraid to, to take the first step somewhere. Um, some guys that I love, but like, is totally not really my brand is I, I worked with Maroon 5, um, a few years ago. And like, that was like really like left field. But like, for me, it was like, wow, this is a crazy opportunity. And it was really cool. And I don't regret it. And they're awesome dudes. And that's just kind of like, you have these kind of these stepping stones and, you know, now when I'm doing a collaboration, I'm like really dialed in. Like, like we were talking earlier about the F1 stuff, working with Lewis Hamilton. Like these are these projects that I'm like really excited to do and really kind of fit my brand. Yeah, I love that. And that's sick. And I love and I can see that intentionality. And that is an incredible collaboration. I remember, I think it was like last season kind of started designing his helmet for one race. And then this year that evolved and you had the, the full on NFT collab with the kind of Mercedes Patronus AMG team had the, the livery, the decals at the Miami F1 race, man. Can you just talk us through like how that came together and how it felt to see your decals on Lewis Hamilton's formula one car? Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. Um, so pretty much in 20, summer of 2020, um, Lewis followed me. Um, so we sent each other some DMs and it was just like, hey, let's, let's do something together. And we ended up working on um, his Silverstone helmet um, for his home race, home Grand Prix in, um, in uh, the UK. And he ended up winning that race with the helmet. So that was like, the key. That's the difference. Maker yeah, that right was, there, bro. that was really cool. <laughs> that was a, that was a really emotional, emotional day for me. I was, I was alone in my hotel room in New York watching the race. And I remember, um, the, the housekeepers were coming in and like, 
they were like, oh, can we like change your towels? And I was like getting them to watch the race with me because I was so excited. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, let's go. And like, it was like just this like crazy vibe. And they were like high-fiving me. And it was like, I was like at the end of the race when he, when he won, I was like crying. And it was like a really dramatic race and all this stuff happened. So like, that was like really one of those, like I'll never forget that feeling. And then this year, um, the Mercedes team hit me up and we're like, hey, do you want to do this special activation for Miami where we're going to design a full F1 art car and do the rear wing? The um, there's like kind of they call them bunny ears or like kind of like mud covers on the over the tires and part of the halo on the front of the car or like in front of the cockpit. And so that was just like that was one of those one of those projects where you're just like, I hope I don't fuck this up. I really hope I can do a good job of this. And um, shout out to my whole team that worked with me on it. Um, Keenan Koslowski really helped me with that project. Really, really great guy. Um, my, my brother and my father also helped me produce a lot of my work. So shout out to them. It's, um, it's really kind of a, like, it's not just me working on this stuff. I have a bunch of people that, that really push it forward with me. And, um, you know, it's just an honor to get to like work with such awesome people too. And yeah, but that moment, I remember the moment I was like in one of the, the lounges and the cars were going by for the first practice. And I was like talking to this, this, uh, this friend of mine and like the car drove by and we just like grabbed each other. And we were like, oh my God. And you're like, that had my art on it. And it was just like, <laughs> it was one of those, like, it's a pipe dream that, that came true. And it was, it's just. I think there's, and this is what I was saying when we were at the NFT, um, your, the NFT 100 gala is like, um, no one can take this away from, from me or us. This is a moment that we'll, we'll have forever. And it's really cool because like, you know, with the ups and downs of everything, you know, like we're all in it and we all really believe in it. And this is why we do it because we have these moments and you go like, you know, no matter what happens, like we did this and we got to like, feel this moment of unity together. And that's beautiful. And that's what, that's what life's all about. I remember the first time I felt that was when I had a, a show in 2019 in Tokyo and my family, like we, we came from simple means. We never had a lot of like money to go on big family trips. And I was able to fly my whole family my brother and his, his girlfriend out to Tokyo for the opening. And it was just kind of this thing where like, we were all in Tokyo together and we'd never gone to a place like that together. And it was just like, wow and it was just one of those moments where you're like no matter what happens with my art career i'm so glad i got to have this this moment with my family and that's kind of how i felt at the nft 100 gala and that's another one of those moments that i felt watching the cars drive by on track i love that i love that and uh, glad we could be a part of, of a moment like that um you know one thing that's cool too is you know i think you know in your career you've also um, some of your projects have explored uh, NFTs as a medium and, and dynamics that, that wouldn't be possible in the traditional art world. Obviously, your, your replicator drop uh, comes to mind. I know that there are others too. Would love to just hear your thoughts on how NFTs are like a unique medium as an artist and maybe change the creative canvas for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, the smart contract is so dynamic and I really don't think we've discovered like more than a couple percents of the actual use cases that'll be be used in the future, especially once like onboarding gets higher, that'll change the dynamics of the system. And I think for me, I just really like, like system dynamics, system pressures, different things you can do, different ways you can engage people, different ways you can reward people. 
Um, but like, not in like a, like a capitalist money-making way, in a like artistic, this is intriguing kind of way. And that's why like working with Manifold is so exciting because those guys, Wilkins, Richard, Eric, um, they're just, they're so dialed in. And, um, oh, I want to mention Kenshi too, uh, a great friend of mine who's, who's just um, really helped me along the way for learning a lot, of, a lot of cool systems. But they're so passionate about just doing interesting new things with this technology. And like what was cool about Replicator is like the, the contract system reflected the thesis of the art. And to be able to do something with technology that actually reflects the, the thesis of the art, and it's not just um, a mechanic for the sake of a mechanic, is, is really what intrigues me. And these ideas are like, you know, they don't come around every day. Like I haven't done another really dynamic smart contract project since Replicator because I'm still waiting to kind of find that idea. These, these things, they're, they're not something you rush, you know, like um, artists, you know, you make what you feel like really proud of as a piece of art. You know, sometimes that comes around once every year, once every six years or once in a lifetime, you know. And what I want to do is at least show what's possible and hopefully other people will follow in my footsteps by doing other dynamic things that are reflective of the technology and meditative on the space and really trying to understand the moment we're in with that technology and being reflective and um, thoughtful about that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think it's, it's a fun white space. But sometimes it's almost like analysis paralysis and like the, the freedom and lack of constraints can almost be debilitating. And couple of that with like, you mentioned with the, like the Mercedes collab that like, oh, I don't want to fuck this up. And you definitely didn't, it was sick. But there's just a lot of interesting like pressures as an artist and you still want to produce and you want to hold yourself to a high standard and you want to be creative and with regards to like, even just from the smart contract, let alone the art itself. Like as an artist, how are you able to, how, how do you balance and navigate some of these different pressures while still being able to kind of push yourself forward? Yeah. Well, as you guys know, and a bunch of people know, I, um, I moved out of the city and, and I live in the woods in my hometown. And, um, that's not a luxury everybody has obviously. Um, but I find really trying to ground myself, um, emotionally, with nature is, is really helpful in all these things because you can get kind of caught up in the hustle and bustle. And, you know, when you're shoulder to shoulder with, with other artists, it, it starts to feel like a competition and you start to go, well, he's making that move. She's making this move. I've got to make this move, that move just to keep up. But I think sometimes you have to like take yourself out of that competitive mindset to really kind of see what you are in the space and what you want to be and not rushing projects too much. Like people always say like, Oh, Misha, he always says no to everything. And obviously I do something, so I don't say no to everything, but really having that like <clears throat> more strict, like I'm only going to do the things that I really feel comfortable and passionate about doing. And as long as the work you're making, you're, you're truly passionate about the, the quality stays there. So it's kind of like, um, it's, it's a, it's a holistic approach really. Like it's like, you know, diet, exercise, friends, family, nature, um, 
time management, screen time management, which we're all terrible at. And it's you, instead of like being like, I'm not doing one of those things. I can't do all of them. Just like slowly start like trying to just find that balance. And it's a constant struggle, you know, like it's, it's always hard. And that's why I kind of moved to the country. Cause I was like, you know what, this is one thing that I can control. And if I'm out in nature more often, I know that'll help with like depression and those kind of things. So that's one of those areas that I really tried to move into. And even if you're in a city, you know, take that, take that train out of the city and go for a good hike and, and challenge yourself or, you know, go back home and do that fishing trip with your dad instead of going clubbing or, you know, take those moments that you have while you have them. And that will really guide you as an artist to be more balanced and, and whole. 1000%. I think that's, that's really important to hear, especially in such a fast paced, crazy, emotional roller coaster of a space like the NFT world, you know, um, things are moving mile a minute. Um, and I think there's power in saying no and being really intentional about what you align yourself with. Um, I know you do have an upcoming uh, sale at Christie's, uh, MAPS, the, the charity, uh, with a charity component. Could you just chat a little bit about that and how that came together? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a really it's a really brilliant show, actually. Um, when I was in the the Christie's gallery, I encourage anybody who's in New York to go down to uh, Rockefeller there and see it. Um, it's curated by Ryan Zur, who's um, one of my collectors. Um, he has one of my favorite pieces it's called "The Bag of Oranges." He really has an eye for art, and it's really beautiful when you go into a gallery and you feel a, a cohesive group show that really feels like it has a thesis and a purpose. And I went in there and I was just like, you know what? Everybody brought their A game. And so a little bit about it, it's, it's a charity auction for MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. A lot of artists either have a very personal connection with psychedelics or um, I was talking with uh, Mache and he was saying like, you know, he has some family that struggles with like PTSD and he's, he wants to support MAPS because he sees it as this, as this medicine for people that, that need it. And that's so beautiful. And there's so many parts and people in society that we leave behind and we, we just keep throwing opioids and, and Xanax and all that stuff at them. And don't get me wrong, all those drugs have a place, but they aren't the end all and be all. And there's so many um, massive struggles in society that, Proper research into psychedelics is, is so important to really discover what we're missing and help who we're leaving behind. So when I was kind of debating about, um, or not, I didn't really debate it, but when I think about a place to donate money to, MAPS feels like such a, a, a dynamic place because what you give them, what they're building and doing can outsize the money that you put in because the, the, the cascading effects of, of um, psychedelic awakening, psychedelic therapy is, is so massive that I think it's a, it's a really beautiful place to um, donate your, your time and money. Yeah, no, I mean, super fascinating. I love the organization. I think it's also really interesting just to see all the, the evolution and acceptance of that stuff within the, the broader medical community for different therapies. No, Alejandro definitely, uh, he's here in spirit as we dive into this topic because I know it's something near and dear to his heart as well. Um, 
I, I think one, one other thing I kind of want to dive into is on the side of just this notion of like cultural crossover. Like, I, I think we're at an interesting point with NFTs. Like we've always spoken around NFT now and this kind of notion of like bridging the gap between purists and tourists. And like, um, we actually got that. We were having a conversation with the late, great Virgil Abloh, RIP. And he spoke about how he did that within the world of high fashion, kind of taking this uh, like tourist streetwear community, but injecting that within this purest old guard of high fashion. And it, it's it, like now luxury goods, like streetwear is the new luxury fashion. Um, I think with NFTs, it's we're at an interesting turning point culturally. Like there's there's been a lot of movement in the purest segment. But in order to really actualize a lot of the potential of the technology, it's critical that we make this relevant to broader consumers, broader art collectors, broader fans of different verticals. And I think like your art, like through whether it's F1 or I know you had some cool stuff at ComplexCon, you personally you're into fashion a bit. Like, how are you thinking about fostering this cultural crossover? Because I think it, it very well suits your art too. Yeah, well... Since day one with NFTs, I've always hated the the term NFT artist for one or, or NFT art in general. That's like just being like, hey, you're like a canvas artist or something or like weird. Like, I don't know, like it's it's a weird kind of box to, to put people in. And so I've always really strived to keep one foot in the metaverse and one foot in in just, you know, physical reality because I don't want to just be in one place where only the metaverse people see me. And I don't want to just be in one place where only the other people see me. I think right now what we want to do is we want to bring people in and that's kind of like holding hands on either side and be like, Hey, look at this. And Hey, you look at this, you know? So that's kind of like just kind of finding the, the intersection is a really interesting place. And like just personally, I'm interested in both worlds. You know, I find a new um, burgeoning space like Web3 really intriguing and dynamic and a place to, to show my digital art in its native form is is really exciting because I, I really like my stuff is made on a screen. So it's often best viewed on a screen. But that being said, like in my own home, I don't like having screens displaying stuff personally. And my work also works really nicely as a like really fine art print and one-on-one prints and stuff like that, which I've done physical shows um, before NFTs with that. So like, I love both worlds. So I think for me, it's just really easy to kind of exist in both at the same time. Now, I think what is kind of more interesting to the NFT community is like, how are we bringing, you know, regular people into the Web3 space? And that's why I love doing stuff like the Mercedes project um, because it's like really getting eyeballs on me from all these other places in the world. So I think that's like, it's also kind of how I, I try to keep my, um, the, uh, the value of my artwork in the Web3 space up high is by like also leveraging my, my real world um, notoriety into that. So it's kind of like a balance for that to kind of, hedge against dips and all that kind of stuff. So it's really like, cause I feel a lot of responsibility towards my collectors, um, especially the, the small time collectors. Um, I, of course I want my, my, my higher up, more wealthy collectors to, to thrive, but they'll be fine either way. The people that I, I really care about are like the little guys that take the thousand bucks or 2000 bucks and, and are like, Hey, I really want to like, 
I really believe in Mad Doug Jones. I want to invest in him. So those are the people that I really like. I really care about those people. So I'm trying to constantly balance that to make sure that 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 I'm there for those people. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I know you mentioned, you know, um, Akira being a, a big inspiration as you're growing up. I know that, that your work um, definitely has inspiration from anime, manga, you know, sci-fi, cyberpunk as well. Um, it's been interesting to see um, sort of, you know, the intersection of like anime and manga and, NF and NFTs with, with some projects like Azuki, Capsule House and the like. But I feel like we've still only scratched the surface of the potential there. Um, as a fan of, of, that, of that world, I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on, on like the continued development of NFTs in that, in that space? Yeah, well, I think just really letting um, the the people who really put in the work and and our creators thrive. You know, um, there's so many people that work on these big animation projects, like in an anime studio. Like I've never done any big animations. I always just do everything in house with me and my my small team of people. And I just want to I just want to like find a space that's really welcoming for these for these creators. Um, some of my favorites are, um, C-A-H-U, C-A-H-O-U. Um, one of my, one of my old friends from the Instagram days, we always send each other merch over the years and, um, his work is just, just beautiful and brilliant. And, you know, like Searlight, obviously doing amazing things. And, you know, I think it's, it's a type of art that, so many of us connected with on a really deep level. And for me, I'm just kind of happy to see it kind of come into the mainstream and, and be accepted. Cause I feel like growing up, like we were like the nerds and dorks and like, now it's like, everybody's like, Oh, this is so aesthetic and so cool. And I'm like, cool. Cause this is what I actually like. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's really nice to see that. And I think just go out there and, and experience it and support cool artists that you like go go buy some some mangas um you know i'm a big image comics fan as well um i'm currently reading uh invincible and it's so good um that that series is is amazing uh there's one season of it on um amazon prime i believe you watched it i haven't yet invincible it's it's amazing and um another series that was really great was arcane mm. i don't know if you've watched that one i've heard of this i've, I've, so, I've again yeah heard it's of. based off of league yeah. of legends which i know nothing about but i think there's there's a lot of cool entry points to this stuff and um like love death and robots yeah. all that stuff so i think there's just a lot of cool artists to it it's, it's so it's just it still kind of blows my mind how much quality work there is out there and you know don't be afraid to just support those people and like really like find new things and discover new things. Yeah, 1000%. And I'm, I'm curious too, like when it, when it comes to in, in your own journey and as we're talking about other artists and whatnot, like there's this delicate balance between accessibility and still maintaining and keeping value high. Like obviously you, you've been able to do some incredible drops at very high price points. Um, not that the money is the motive by any means, but on the flip side, there's also this this value in actually growing and establishing a fan base and a collector base. Like, how are you thinking through that? Yeah, well, I think for me, I'm always just kind of like move slower than faster. There's not like, I'm in this space for the long term. I plan on on um, working in Web3 for, for the rest of my career. And, you know, right now, like I did a big edition drop back in March, 2021. 
And that was like, I was like, okay, cool. Like no more big edition drops. Cause I want to take care of those people and add some dynamics to those. I've done a bunch of transformations of, of my cats. I like the initial drop sold 911. And I've been doing this thing where I, I released 99 new ones for free and you take your original cat, you burn it and you get one of these one of 100 editions to try to diversify that 900 into a more dynamic set. So there, there's stuff like that that I've been doing. And, you know, I want to be more accessible, but my first responsibility is the people who've already invested in making sure that they're taken care of. So in time, I'll keep doing things that can be more accessible, more dynamic. Um, but I'm taking it slow because I really feel the responsibility of what I've already put out there. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of how I look at that for now. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And you know, you're, you're very forward thinking and, 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 you know, someone who really embraces like, like futurism, you know, I feel. And so I'm curious just as an artist and, and a creator, like, how are you thinking about the metaverse and, and how it will, like what role your, your work and your art will play in it? Yeah. Well, there's definitely like, um, I guess this is a bit like egotistical, but there's definitely a bit of a, like, how will this period of time be looked at in art history? And who am I in this space right now? What am I standing for? And, you know, maybe that's really in my own airs to think that like people are actually going to be like talking about us in a hundred years, but it's in the back of my brain that, that maybe people will. So I think in this space, um, if we're really pioneering, which it, it feels like we are, you know, I want to be somebody that people look back and go like, oh, like, look at all the things he did. It's all on chain. It was cool. Like he did these things and it was, it was thoughtful and it, it was intentional and it was interesting. So it's kind of like, um, like I want to have a, a really um, positive and inspiring, like aspirational legacy in the metaverse. And I, I want people to, to be inspired by what I've done and by my work um, to like, I want them to see it and, and feel like they can do something cool too. And kind of one of my, like, I don't know if it's a slogan or kind of like a, a thought I always kind of think about is um, instead of trying to make the world a better place, which is it's so daunting, you know, like make the world a better place, like go fix Ukraine, you know, like go fix the environment. Like, what are you doing drinking out of that plastic water bottle? You're a bad person. You know, we're all humans and we're all trying to like, we're all trying to, we're all trying to be better in this world. And, you know, like, you know, governments and all that, it's, it's hard because you kind of sometimes feel helpless. Like I voted, but it didn't do anything, you know, like all these corrupt politicians, yada, yada, yada. So the way I kind of look at it is instead of trying to make the world a better place, still try to do that, but sometimes focusing on making the world a more interesting place is a more tangible goal. And by making the world a more interesting place, you can make people live a happier, more fulfilling life. And especially as an artist, like, you know, really go out there and try to do things that are compelling and interesting and open people's minds and, and talk about politics, talk about social issues and pair that with something compelling and interesting that you're doing instead of just being like another person, like being like, fuck this guy, fuck that politician, you know, like do something, say something, be intentional and, and make the world a more interesting place. In that, in that vein too, like when it comes to just, um, 
other advice you have for up and coming artists? Like, I think you've, I mean, you continue to experiment, you continue to push the space forward. Excited to see as things continue to develop. What are some of the kind of biggest lessons you've learned along the way that you would have loved to have known a little earlier on in your journey? I really like looking at clouds. Like, look at clouds, look at stars, look at trees, look at, look for good architecture, look for places that people have done brilliant things or that nature has created brilliant things and really find inspiration in those, those moments. Um, I'm constantly framing things when I look at things. Like it's just a habit of mine where whenever I, I look at something, a street, a sky, I'm making like a little frame in my mind and be like, oh, is that a cool composition? Um, there's so many fun little exercises you can do. I love just, um, like I always have a super cluttered desk. Like I'm, my desk is always messy and sometimes just go like, be like, Hey, move this clutter, keep it cluttered, but make it look cool and take a picture of it. And little things like that, like your bookshelf, your bedroom, your closet, you know, like sometimes you throw a shirt on a chair and you're like, the way that shirt's hanging, like actually looks cool with the light right now. And try to like notice all those little moments and why I say clouds as my first thing is because they're always changing. They're always dynamic. And we're always so stuck on the ground and on our phone. And like, just sometimes I think we all need to kind of have our head in the clouds a little bit more, kind of get out of your own self, like look to the sky and feel that kind of like the power of the, the emptiness and the unknown and the kind of like uh, the, the instantaneous nature of our existence and really kind of, feel that moment and feel that creativity that is all around us. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. It was beautiful. Uh, really well worded. I want to start a podcast called Cloud Talk. Cloud Talk. Yeah. Count just, us in. Where we just Count talk about in. clouds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. We'll, we'll do an episode. I, um, should, we, should we have like, like pseudonyms? Like I'll be cumulus or? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very, it's very loose. It's very loose. I think the thing is, is like you start talking about clouds and then the conversation just goes wherever. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Just our heads are in the clouds already. So yeah. this would be very natural brand yeah. alignment. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I love that. Um, I know we talked about maps. Are there any other projects you're working on that you want to chat about or anything that you have coming up that people should be aware of? Um, you know, I think for now, I just want to talk about that map stuff. Yeah. I think is really important. And one of the causes that I'm, I'm really passionate about it, and I've been posting on my Instagram a bunch about it, is getting people out of jail that are in jail for, for drug offenses. It is absolutely absurd, the amount of people in the United States and Canada who are in jail for, for, for drug crimes. It's, it's not a crime. It should not be a crime. And um, I also hate the use of the term nonviolent drug offenses. A violent drug offense is a violent crime. We're not talking about people who commit violence. We're just talking about drug offenses. You know, these people are, are mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, who've been ripped away from their family for smoking a doobie. And like, man, I do that shit all the time. I got one in my pocket right now. You know, like, what is this? Like, how, how, how am I allowed to just be out there doing this and then all these people that don't have the privilege I have are in prison. It's, it's infuriating. And it's, it's something that I think we can't heal as a society when we have this many people in jail. The United States has 25% of the entire world's prison population and like 5% of the population of the world, something like that, whatever the number is. It is 
absolutely maniacal and evil. We look at other governments and we go, look how evil that government is. Look how bad they are. And we need to look inwards here right now and get these people out of jail back to their families ASAP. Yeah. No, it's absolutely ridiculous. Totally agree. And truly traumatic in many ways. Um, and I, I do think on the interesting and flip side, like it's powerful and part of the potential of Web3 is being able to channel creativity towards driving social impact and social good. I think there's been a lot of interesting artists. I mean, even you talk about uh, Drift, somebody we've had on our podcast that went through a traumatic experience as a result of a horrible, fucked up justice system. Um, but through releasing a, a NFT product of his own, was actually able to fundraise towards a charity that was effectively tackling those similar problems. So um, love to see what you're doing now with maps love to see all the incredible work that you're doing man love just the, the general style of your art man so keep up all the good work and thank you for pulling up today oh thank you guys so much thank always a pleasure you. man well that was an awesome episode i think it was um i love the intentionality and groundedness that is at the foundation of a lot of the work he does and enables him to operate at a higher level creatively i think that's something that we don't necessarily discuss enough yet i think uh that, that calmness and that, that clarity is definitely a foundation of uh, just raw creative expression and success and far beyond just being an artist. I think even as uh, operators, entrepreneurs ourselves, it's similar thing, right? Like needing to stay grounded in order to operate at a high level. What stood out to you? Yeah, you know, I think he's just such a multifaceted individual and like NFTs are perfect a perfect place for people who have multiple passion points or inspired by different things. I loved hearing him break down how how he's, he's inspired by clouds, how he's inspired by some of these things that like, you know, you, you just look at the world through an artist's eyes and, it, and you see it a bit differently. Um, I definitely felt that way about talking to him. I love how mission driven he is uh, on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the subject of, um, you know, uh, drug offenses and people who have been uh, incarcerated unfairly. Um, and I, I love the fact that he's really just blazed his own trail. Uh, in terms of in terms of his artistic output, um, you know there are people who have released more. There's people who's released less, but he has released everything on his own terms, and that's great. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, sick episode. Great, great chopping it up with you, Matt. Always. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Most importantly, uh, that's it. There you have it. We'll be back next week. Peace. <laughs>